0: Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today.
1: Hello and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Rebecca Massoud, your host for savvy, soulful, and successful And this is a show for and about visionary women entrepreneurs who are here to speak their true message, shine their light in business, and amplify their income and impact for the benefit of all. Today, we are going to be talking about the intersection of money, justice, and spirituality. And we have the perfect guest to speak on this topic, Susan Schloss. Susan is a certified money coach who brings her lifetime of spiritual practice and more than 25 years in financial services to help women leaders and entrepreneurs transform their relationship with money from the inside. Susan is also a fabulous violinist and, I'm proud to say, a very dear friend of mine. Welcome to our
2: show, Susan. Thank you so much, Rebecca. It's such an honor and a pleasure to be here with you today. Well, I have really been looking forward
1: to this conversation for a while. So I'm just going to dive right in with questions. And I want to hear, first of all, how did you get started in money coaching? Like, what was, what was it that led you to have that be your business?
2: Well, it wasn't something I planned. I went to college for music therapy, and I've always been a creative person and a very spiritual person, and I fell into the money world, just taking the next right step that was in front of me, and it seemed to be kind of a karma for me. So I had time in loan processing. I had a bookkeeping business for 15 years. And I was good at those things. I was also at Schwab for a number of years. And at a certain point, tapped me on the shoulder that money coaching would bring together my love of people and psychology and in my case, spirituality. And so I, once I paid my own debts off because I felt that I needed to have my own finances at a certain level, then I looked for trainings and found the perfect training that I've been using ever since. And in my own path around money, I spent so much of my adult life living really small.
0: And mm. just
2: month to month, I didn't save. I thought any big purchases or experiences would come from a sugar daddy or family or something, you know. (laughs) And when I hit my bottom was one year. I had been self-employed as a bookkeeper for a little while. And once again, I did not have the money to pay my self-employment taxes. And Mm. I had been working on myself in other areas. But this one, it's like this was a tough spot. And I finally hit a bottom around it. And that's when I started to get help in the money arena and learn how to take care of myself around it. And, you know, why was I living small? Well, this is my address, and I'll get into more as we go here. But a lot of times money patterns, whether it's avoidance, living small, overspending, are Mm -hmm. based in trauma. And a lot of times it's around money. But in my case, I grew up pretty comfortably. And so my trauma was other things, sexual abuse, alcoholism, mm. and living in a lot of chaos. So as I've healed those things, I have been able to create much more abundance in my life and help others. Mm. Wow, well, a
1: lot of things there that I just want to reflect. First of all, just the, the, the tap on the shoulder. I mean, I think so many of us get those tap, 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 nudge, nudge, nudge. Here's, you know, and, and I'm just so curious. What, what had you listened to that tap on the shoulder? Because for some people it comes down to being like the big, you know, whack on the head. What had you listened to that
2: more subtle type I, of did attack. Not, I did not like bookkeeping, you know it, it just really wasn't my passion. Mm. And I think that I, I gravitated to it because it gave me a lot of flexibility. At that time, I had health issues, and I really needed to have a flexible schedule. And, but it was not really fun for me. You know, some people yeah. are just super into the nerdiness of bookkeeping. And <laughs> it got more fun for me as I built a team and moved into business ownership as opposed to right. kind of doing the day-to-day stuff myself. Yeah. You were managing the team. and you know.
1: Yeah. So I love, and then something you said really hits home is around the, the playing small. I think, you know, I've, I've definitely struggled with that pattern for, for many, many years and, um, have had my own challenges around money that I've, you know, continue to work through. And interesting. I love that you, uh, that, you know, either playing small or avoiding, there's all this other, other things, overspending or, uh, debting that kind of thing. And you're saying it's based in trauma. And I, and the fact that you said it, you grew up really comfortably, um, so if trauma can show up like I, for example, I kind of grew up kind of like mm, somewhat comfortably, um, but just inherited a lot of, you know, depression kind of era thinking from my parents. And there was always like the scrimping and saving and that whole mentality. So, um, yeah, I just I would just love to have you share a little deeper around that connection um, between trauma and why so many people
2: are challenged with money. Well, the example that you gave of your parents growing up in the Depression era is really common. And so by the time they've had their own children, they have been able to create a comfortable environment for the kids. But these patterns get lodged in our cells and in our nervous system And so that fear that there won't be enough gets passed along even though the current situation doesn't really warrant it. And that's why when people have a lot of fear and anxiety around money, it's not necessarily about the money. It's these old imprints that have been passed down from Mm. our parents or maybe even our grandparents.
1: Yeah, it's like they haven't haven't been healed, and so the money is like the trigger for those old wounds to come up, and it's an opportunity. I think in with the right safe space and the right coach or therapist to to really look at those and, and heal heal that past. Yeah, yeah. We are going to take a super quick moment and recognize one of our sponsors, Susan. Um, we would like to thank our partner and sponsor National University. Your future starts here. Find out more on NU.edu. And now we're back to our show. We have Susan Schloss. And so the show's again our our topic is money, justice, and spirituality. So I want to go right into the justice piece. You, like many of us, had an awakening around social justice in the recent years. How did that unfold for you?
2: Like many of us, the murder of George Floyd was a lightning rod on this path. And I had never been an activist before. My sister has been an activist for many years around climate and the environment. And I just was gripped with the need to do my own work around it and to understand the black experience in that case and to understand myself and how I could have been so oblivious to the suffering in this country Mm -hmm. So I did start to do a lot of reading. I took a couple of classes on dismantling racism or decolonization, as a couple of my coaches called it. And then I also started a white awake group with five women who launched into a book called Me and White Supremacy. Oh, wow. By Layla Saad. And it really Mm. does teach you about all the different areas that as white people we need to understand have been harmful to people of color so I educated myself and I continue to try to stay in that game of awareness of Mm -hmm. what's happening for minoritized people and not just black people but people of all different races, abilities, and um, sexual identification, gender identification,
1: These yeah. are all
2: things that you need to be aware of. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, um,
1: I've, I mean, I know we, we shared some of those early awakenings and as we were both, we're both white women, of privilege and we had, you know, awakening near the same time. And I've just so admired how you have gone very deep in this area and, uh, and, you know, continuing to, to uh, understand and, and educate yourself. So um, tell us, you know, some specific ways that you have been able to integrate social justice into your
2: business? Well, one of the things I've done is to bring some words into my message and I always vet that with my coach who is black woman, a black woman. And so that's been really helpful working with a coach. I meet with her every other month now. I met with her once a month for a long time. And But having somebody look at how I am stating my position, you know, of wanting to be a safe place for people of Mm. all different backgrounds and races and cultures. So that's been part of the process. And then when I do webinars, I at least mention something about you know, um, people having different experiences based on maybe being minoritized in our culture and needing mm. to be aware of those things. I so try to bring that into my message
1: yeah, so that has me you know because you you your webinars are obviously going to be about money, and so there's going to be different experiences, um, not just among individuals, but among cultures and, and just the way people were brought up. So I love that you, you present uh, that in your messaging and that you have support and someone, you know, a, a, a black woman's, you know, as your coach to really look at it and, and see, is this, is this really, you know, speaking and, and resonating? with, with the, the community so it's, a, it's giving your messaging a, a, a different lens through which to look through so that is, that's beautiful um, you also because this is a show about money, justice and spirituality so um, spirituality is a big part of your business and it's this intersection of money and justice so how, tell us some ways you bring in spirituality into your work
2: Well, to start, I want to say that it took me a while to bring it into my work because I thought I needed to be appealing to anybody. And so I didn't come out as being a spiritual money coach for quite some time, at least not the first year. And then I realized, all right, I'm going for it because this is who I am and this is how... I work with people. It's what I bring forward. And it's who I want to attract. I want to work with people who have a spiritual orientation. My approach works best with people who have a spiritual orientation. A lot of times I will help people to establish a more regular meditation practice because we're talking about addictive patterns. And to break those patterns, we need to have a way to settle the nervous system so that in the moment we know how to do that and we have deeper awareness of our urges and, yeah, the ways that we've normally responded to stress. So having a meditation practice is one way. And then bringing it in, in guiding people through internal processes to really go deeper into what's going on for them it yeah. is a beautiful way to bring it in. Wow.
1: Well, these are not light subjects that we're talking about. Money, justice, spirituality, and here you are blending them all together into your work. I'm so curious what have, some, what have been some challenges or a challenge that you have faced and how did how have you overcome it, or maybe you're still working through it, around integrating
2: all of these pieces into your work? Well, I would say that when it comes to the justice piece, I'm very much in a process, and I'm just taking risks uh, and being willing to make mistakes. Now, for example, with Facebook, I'm putting on an event that we'll talk about shortly. And the word justice isn't very favored by Facebook. So I tried to do, I tried to boost my event on Facebook and it turned me down because it said that, know that it wasn't in line with their policies. One of my speakers got banned from Facebook recently, just in the last couple of weeks, because she brings forward, she's a black woman who brings forward a very strong social justice message. Interesting. So, you know, I can't let those things stop me. And yeah. it's very possible that people on my list aren't interested in justice. So right. they unsubscribe. That's okay. I remember when you sent an email out and said, after you had sent your message of your own journey and awakening that people had unsubscribed mm-hmm. and you said, great, great. Yeah,
1: exactly. It takes a lot of courage. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I I love that you uh, have are willing to take risks, and you know I know it's it's yeah to, you're willing to get it wrong, and and I think that's um you know that is part of the journey is uh, just you know be your your willingness to to really kind of stand out, show your you know just speak out and say what's what's true for you. And um, yeah, and people go away. And, and I didn't know that about Facebook and that the justice is a trigger word that is, that's fascinating. So that leads us to our, uh, you mentioned your event. And so I want to know you have this event coming up called money, justice and spirituality. Tell us more about that.
2: So the subtitle is Amplify Your Love and Prosperity to Make a Profound Difference in the World. And it's an invitation. Yeah, it's an invitation for people to step into this field with these incredible, mostly women, who have been immersed in definitely spirituality they all have a very strong spiritual orientation. Are and your speakers that you're of,
1: talking about
2: for your event. Yeah. So you have yeah. how many assembled that you've gotten together? I've got fifteen speakers, and each one has a different orientation. Some of them are black women who are very very strong on anti-racism and changing systems and policy. One of the women, Venus Evans-Williams, Dr. Venus Evans-Williams, has worked in policy. She's been a professor. She mm. has served in front of Congress on behalf of young black women in schools. So a very powerful message from her. And then I have a woman who has a strong goddess orientation who's got a Japanese background, and she very vulnerably shared what that's been like for her to you know, what has her experience been around discrimination, around claiming her identity as a Japanese woman.
0: Mm. And then I have a woman
2: who is very much earth connected and she talks more about earth justice and indigenous culture and the connection mm. to earth. It's really rich.
1: I'm imagining is money also coming up? Like is that one of the? I know you're doing interviews with all these uh, women leaders, so you're weaving money into all these other facets.
2: Yes, and it's really powerful to hear what each woman brings forward around money. For example, Letty Sullivan, who's my coach, has shared some of her experiences of discrimination. Where in college, all of her girlfriends, she always hung around with a mixed crowd. Everybody mm-hmm. applied for credit cards. The Asian and the white women got $2,500 credit limits. The black women got $250 credit limits. So mm-hmm. there are these things that are built into our systems based on addresses or zip codes or who knows what exactly that build in these disadvantages for people mm-hmm. of color. Yeah. This reminds me, Susan, what would be a
1: step uh, I'm imagining our audience is, you know, it's, it's uh, women leaders and entrepreneurs and probably a good number of them are white women. What as, a, and I'm a, I'm a white woman, so what as a white woman can, would you recommend that we do to further our education, awareness,
2: and activism It's a great question, and everyone's going to be drawn to different things, but to have as a regular practice, dipping into even fiction written by people of color, Latino or Latinx, black Mm -hmm. people, Asian, so we have a broader awareness of different cultures, indigenous, Mm -hmm. and... If you haven't yet taken some kind of anti-racism class, yeah, I really, highly recommend having an immersion in that way so that you can boost your communication skills. That's one of the things that everybody addresses. So one of the things I practiced is talking with my family. And I was kind of a zealot for a while. Like, I had to make sure that I brought something in every time I visited them. (laughs) And then it became more natural over time. But to have the communication skills to, if somebody's expressing racism, to address it in a way that isn't confrontive, it's not easy. Yeah. And most of us can't figure that out on our own. Yeah, it takes practice.
1: It takes courts and yeah putting it you know like you said you were a zealot <laughs> in the beginning so you learned how to kind of rein it in a little bit so that you probably could be heard even even more so um but that 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 passion needed to come out sounds like and then you found a more natural way to to uh to communicate so i love that susan in case our listeners want to reach you after our show, how would you like them to contact you?
2: My, money, my website is moneywisdomcoach.com, and I want to direct you to the event landing page, sign-up page, which is yeah. moneywisdomcoach.com forward slash money justice spirituality. And I would love to invite people to join me next week. It's happening Monday through Friday. We have a gorgeous opening ceremony on Monday at 10 a.m. Yes. And that's going to be bringing in meditation and movement and self-awareness around racism and the four directions, land acknowledgement, a lot of beautiful elements are going to be included in that. And then all the speakers will be available throughout the week. So I hope that you'll join me for that. And if you're listening after this, we'll keep that page up and you'll have a way to access it through purchasing it. Beautiful.
1: So moneywisdomcoach.com forward slash money justice spirituality. And that URL will be in our show notes in case you didn't get that. So, yeah, so that event is coming up, and I know that um, it's free for the week, and then you're going to be offering it. I know it wasn't – it was very reasonable price that you'll be offering it for people to to purchase the incredible, invaluable recordings um, of these women leaders. So coming back to money, like we're making a a full circle here – how do you help uh, your clients overcome their challenges around money?
2: The first step we take is looking into your history. There's just so much there. Doing our yeah. biography, all your money memories. And it's really powerful for people to do that in one focused exercise. It just yeah. is brings a whole new level of awareness and looking at your parents patterns and what you got from them and what you rebuild against just getting that clear picture and we look right I'm remembering
1: I think I did that with you like was it four years ago something like that wow that was super powerful super
2: powerful yeah so keep going and and being able to move through some of the emotions that come up because of course that's where the healing is that's the alchemy is feeling the feelings, and then going through a forgiveness process and appreciation of the strengths that you've gotten as well. And then we work on purpose, looking at all of your accomplishments. There are a lot of different elements to the work. Mm -hmm. And one of the challenging areas for a lot of people is looking at your numbers and getting into a habit of doing that and having a tracking system so that you can start to make informed decisions rather than emotional decisions. Yes, that's
1: super important. Yeah. So I know you work helping people really get those systems down. So it's not it's, it's the inner of the emotions, the history, and then very practical of the day-to-day money tracking and decisions around money. That's, uh, I know, super, super valuable. Tell me just one of your favorite, share example, quick example of uh, one of your favorite clients and how you helped that person.
2: My dear friend, Katie, who was very much afraid of money, had very, very high anxiety around dealing with it at all, and she went through the process, was able to uncover some of the origins of that and get a really strong meditation practice in place, connect to her spiritual foundation, which is so key to helping to mitigate that anxiety. And Katie was ultimately able to buy her own home, go through all the grown-up steps of doing that. And she's living in San Diego now. Oh,
1: San Diego. San Diego. Yeah, I just, the news report just this morning, my husband said that uh, San Diego is now the number one uh, highest uh, place to buy, what am I trying to say? The, the highest, the, the homes are the highest in the whole country, it just surpassed the Bay Area. So that's remarkable that Katie is here in San Diego and able to buy a home.
2: Yeah, it was huge. And it's still huge, you know, there's it doesn't end there. It's the furnishing, it's the repairs and all that commitment. Right, right.
1: Taxes and everything. So Susan, as a final word to our listeners, what is one of your most favorite ways to bring your soulful self into your
2: work? I love that question. I am so much at my soul, a spiritual being. And with that comes intuition. And I love bringing my intuition into my work. One of the ways that that shows up is through guiding people through processes that help bring a new layer of awareness and shift to whatever they're going through in the moment. So those are spontaneous processes that come straight from source. Mm, yes using your intuition
1: yes absolutely so it sounds like you use it for your own work and life and then you help your clients really help tap into their own intuition and access that wisdom
2: yes of course that's where I polished my own skill is with myself
1: yeah absolutely well that is our show for today Susan I know we'll Uh, continue our conversation uh, ongoingly and I just want to say a special thank you for Susan Schloss for being our fabulous leading lady today on the Savvy, Soulful, and Successful show. Thank you Susan. Thank you Rebecca. What a pleasure. And a special thanks to all of our listeners both here in the US and all around the world. After our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscription podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. We are expanding quickly to a daily radio show and podcast. So for now, we'll be back again for another live Women Lead Radio show on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific. And it's been my joy to be your host today. Thank you so much for listening to Savvy, Soulful, and Successful. I'll leave you with these parting words from the late great poet Mary Oliver. You too have come into this world to do this, to go easy, to be filled with light, and to shine. I'm Rebecca Massoud. Thank you for joining us.